Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. How you living, how you loving, how you learning? I am coming off of a day of shrooms and sunshine with my cousin and my dear friend, Rose Hardy, who was one of the tattoo artists from my show, Tattoo Redo. We had a wonderful couple of days. We had a wonderful Sunday in the sun with shrooms, laughing and crying, really digging deep into our emotions and I'm here with you and I'm, I'm just as happy to be here with you. Truthfully, we have a lot coming up to be excited about. I am about to be filming in Greece for my new show with Netflix, which is just, it's so insane. It really is like saying it out loud. It feels wild. It's so bittersweet because I would love to celebrate this with my parents who everybody knows are dead. My parents are dead. So it's a little bittersweet because I would love to share this with them. So all that means is I'm just going to be able to share more of it with you guys. And I can't say too much of what it is right now because it's all pre-production and I am sworn by secrecy and my firstborn that I, I wouldn't say anything contractually. I, I would probably die. There would be a laser pointer at the middle of my head and I would just be shot right here in my own <laughs> studio. How are you guys? Have I already asked that? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you can hear in my voice. Was that a drone or a UFO? Anyways, I just saw something out the window that was suspect. Probably was just a a red bird. (laughs) Anyways, two shrooms. My voice is shot. It's shot from screaming and laughing so hard with my friends. And it feels good. It feels good to be exhausted from hanging and being with people I love and and doing things other than not, not that that I really consider this work, but other than things that I do for a living, you know, I love what I do for a living, but it is so vital to be able to embark in other adventures and do other things besides what you do for your, for your vocation. And it's hard for me to do that. I have to be honest. It's hard for me to take time off. I definitely admit I am a bit of a workaholic. I definitely admit I dove into work a lot between the 
deaths of both of my parents as an avoidance tactic for sure. And now I'm finding my way back to it and learning to love it and enjoy it and, and to enjoy the moments in between all of the work. But luckily I'm going to be filming in Greece. I'm going to find a fucking rich and thick single yacht daddy. <laughs> Ratsy. Ratsy. Sorry for coughing in your ear. I'm going to find a fu- the richest man in Greece. That's probably going to be John Stamos's cousin. We are going to get into, I was talking about this with my assistant, Debbie, the phenomenon that is my ex-boyfriend and, and John Stamos becoming best friends. We're going to deep dive into that in an episode coming up. We also have coming up a year of grief, which I'm still compiling a lot of excerpts and thoughts and ideas for that episode we will have another grief survival guide episode coming up as well um a couple different guests we're gonna have shannon watts um we're gonna have uh dom irera jaleel white we have a whole bunch of interesting people coming up on the sharp tongue podcast and thank you guys so much leave a a rate and review please if you have time on apple itunes i would really appreciate that Well, this week's episode is an interesting one. We decided to do a little swap cast. Now, you guys know I have 45 podcasts. That was an invention of quarantine because I wasn't doing the Zoom comedy shows. I kind of refused. Not that I thought that I was too good for them, but just that I thought I was too good for them. Eh, I didn't even think I was too good for them. I just knew I was and decided to have a boundary and dug deep into the podcast world. So you guys know I have Girl with Carly Aquilino. You know I have Sharp Tongue Podcast, which we will be broadcasting live from the Netflix is a Joke Festival this coming Saturday and the following Saturday. I will make that link available on my Patreon fan page where you guys can watch along live. If you want to subscribe to the Patreon to see that fun Go to patreon.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. I was going to say sharp, but that's not it. <laughs> we are going to be broadcasting live. I'm going to have a bunch of my funny friends on the podcast with me live from Netflix is a joke festival. And don't forget to come see me perform at the Netflix is a joke festival. May 4th, may the 4th be with you at the bourbon room in Los Angeles, California. I'm going to have Justin Martindale, Katie Cazorla, Matt Reif. We've got, um, Kalia McNeil and Jason Ellis, a whole slew of my dear friends on one show for the Netflix is a joke festival. I'm so honored to be a part of it. I feel so fortunate to be doing what I'm doing and I couldn't do it without you guys. I hope I've brought light and love and some intention and inspiration into your life. And in, in speaking of inspiration, it brings me to this week's guest. He inspires me to maintain a calm approach because his face makes me want to punch it but only punch it with love because he really is just a lovable affable human my co-host of the deuce mr mike tully sharp tongue podcast Beep, 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 You're listening to the sharp tongue podcast i'm your host jesse may Jessie. peluso it's a personal 
look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. Farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. I do have a butthole candle. Oh. I'm all man when it comes to the crust. Yeah. SpaghettiOs is a soup. Wow. I'm a man of many earth tones. Oh. I think Cheerios are still Who hot. Cheerios? Cheerios are hot, babe. Ooh. It's like an avocado. It's raw. The deuce. Hello and welcome to the deuce. Well, welcome to the deuce. But also welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. And welcome to the telly show. <laughs> Is this our first three songs? Is there <laughs> speak for yourself, love? No. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Excuse me, Mister Experience. I don't know what I'm even attempting to brag about here. How about, how about well, like, but, I, but enough about me? Tell me about all the threesomes you've ever had. Well, what I was gonna say to you before we started is that you look like um, someone who does like the tech sound for Maroon Five. That's not what you said. God damn it! Your story changed subtly, <laughs> but, but critically. <laughs> What did I say? Fucking before we roll, you go, you look like a member of Maroon 5. And now we play the intro and you say you look like a guy who should be nailing down two by fours on the stage for Maroon 5. Yeah, but you also like, you like write music too. You're like, I, I do originals, but this is my main job. <laughs> it's kind of not that wrong. Can I tell you the one thing that happened to me that was so cringy? I hooked up with this British guy, Ew. and that's not the cringy part. I'll Please be the judge of that. Don't cancel me. <laughs> you what? I'll be the judge of that. No, this is the cringy part. I might have told you this before. Um, when we were done uh, coitling. Yeah, post-coitus. Yeah, he whips out a, a fucking acoustic. Oh. Proceeds to play an original song. Let me tell you, if he'd done this before the penetration, there would have been no penetration. Yeah. So I think the moral of the story is, A, sometimes you got to hold out for a hero. B, hey, sometimes you need to put your worst foot first so I know that I don't want you to put your anything inside of me. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had that theory for a while that there are... It's best to advertise your flaws within reason. Be- it is because why are you so far away? You look so cozy. Because everyone really, I, mean, I want to sit like that. No, 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 no. I want to. I want to get cozy like you. You understand the camera that you're seeing me on and the camera that everybody else will be seeing me on are two different things. That's I'm right. actually. Me, I have. I have. I have an extreme up my nose view that will be going out to Got our it. listeners and viewers. Continue your thought that you. Like the guy with the, you know, that's turned himself into a human-alien-reptile hybrid. Oh, the dude with these things? Whatever. There's a, several of them. But that that sort of person, you go to the club, most women would not be interested in that, I'm assuming. But... A certain type of woman is interested in that, let's say that. Right, 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 right. And she is also a reptile. But the the person who sticks around 
you're golden because the the alternative is to pretend that you're normal and then to waste your time and someone else's only to later unleash your freak flag on them. You may as well just go, hey, I'm a, a human alien reptile guy or hey, I write bad Jack Johnson songs. Like that See, guy. The, thing, the difference between those two is those, for a lack of better term, let's call them an identifying handicap. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can sure. we agree on that? One is apparent. The other is sneaky. Exactly. One is a snake in the grass. The other is a flag. I'll take the a- snake man over the snake in the grass. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. I know what I'm getting from. I know what I'm getting from Snake Man. Yeah. Do you Let recall me see the bulges under your skull? Let me see. Yeah. Your split tongue. Do you recall what the song was about? And don't lie and tell me you didn't. You don't. I swear I don't because I blocked it out. It was like you ever have like a really bad injury in your brain, right. To sustain your mental capacity and faculties will block it out as a survival mechanism. I think my vagina did that. <laughs> right. What's the worst injury you ever had? Well, like physical blunt force, I ran into a car on a bike, but wow. I would say the uh, being physically assaulted, sexually assaulted, manifested itself in physical trauma more than any physical trauma I had initially. Does that make sense? Of course. I wasn't trying to... I, I, I regret having opened that door, the, the point that I was going towards. No, it's, no, it's it, fine. I, I was, because I wanted to answer honestly. You can open, open, open her door. <laughs> open her door. <laughs> I feel like I'm being seduced by Caitlyn Jenner all of a sudden. <laughs> or Buffalo Bill. Oh, wait, was she a great big fat person? So the idea is that when you have insane physical pain that you know, you know intellectually that you felt great pain, but you really can't remember the pain. You're kind of taking your own, you, right. you're taking your own word for it. Exactly. Right. 150,000%. So you you're taking wa- your own word for it. You Wayne's worlded into a car. When? On a bike. Yeah, I totally Wayne's world into a car. Uh, I was on a bicycle, a Schwinn from the fucking 90s. They don't make them like that anymore. No. There weren't any. The most know, Wayne's world of all bicycles. Together. What? The most Wayne's world of all bicycles. The most Wayne's world of all bicycles. Schwinn. And I was not looking where the bike was going, which is vital. And I hit a car and I definitely kind of like lost it for a couple minutes. I The bike hit it and then my head went slamming into the car. So bad so that the cars that were driving in the street stopped to come help me. We need but to help that, that dumb girl. Time, I think people cared more. <laughs> that dumb girl. She needs us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't completely causing a desensitization. Come on, stop watching me struggle and enjoying it and help me say the we word. Got 53 more minutes. <laughs> a desensitization. Wait, no, don't, don't, don't. Desensitization. Not that we're not, not that people aren't didn't experience a certain level of desensitization ah oh look who's proud of herself i said it right yeah you did okay um i think back then people were more apt to help out of the goodness of their heart Uh, yeah i you, you you've definitely got this you've arrived at this notion that humankind is getting is degrading fast no i think we've always been degraded i just think it's documented more 
the revolution is being televised. There's always been a revolution. I tried to help a man. I tried to help a man like two days ago. Um, you, giving yourself a hand job does not count. <laughs> the important thing is that I tried. So wait, the singer song. What are we going to go back to your worst injury? It's we not, asked about mine. Yeah, it's not that exceptional. I I was um, in addition to rocking extensively in my past. I. I bought, <laughs> You only say that now yeah. because you know it makes me laugh every time. Jesse, I both rocked and jocked. And <laughs> <laughs> the rocking okay. the rocking actually was a direct result of the jocking because mm-hmm. I was I was a meathead. And uh I was all go team, go sports, and I was uh there was our, our local football team was so pathetic that I was the quarterback. And oh, I didn't mean to laugh that hard. It's all right, and I deserve that. And and you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I bro- I, I broke my shoulder quarterbacking, and then um. Well, you're lucky it was just your shoulder. What the hell does that mean? Could have been your fucking head, and you could have turned into an aggressive person, and then beat up your wife, accidentally killed her, and be in jail because oh, you have a I head see. injury. Yeah, that's a that's a funny one, right? Because I'm I I I am not. I am in favor of children playing tackle football. I think that you are. I am. That's dumb. The difference between you and me is that I actually did it, bro. Yeah, but you, you know, you just happened to get lucky because you weren't good. No, I got fucking mauled on every single play because I wasn't good. That's the way that works. That's what I'm saying. You got luck. Oh, that's right. You got mauled, but you didn't crack your head. No, I didn't. I think all the kids who were on Rutherford Youth football are like fine and i think that football should not be allowed at a young age i know that that's what we are all being told i don't actually see i do i do not uh, in my experience i didn't witness the evidence that it's i I think the further along you get in it the more dangerous that it gets basically i don't think kids play hard enough to actually do any real damage they do i'm aware of i'm aware of the argument to the to the contrary it's not an argument there's scientific proof i have a psychiatrist that i go to Uh who talks about about 80 percent of the mental illnesses that exist in psychology right now that are identified as mental illnesses Mm -hmm. 80 percent of them can be linked to physical trauma to the brain and it doesn't take that much to cause trauma that's the biggest misconception is that we equate the trauma to something so massive that you're yeah. getting a um, concussion or you're getting, you know, knocked out for a little bit or you go into a coma. We equate like the the sustainable injury to be this catastrophic thing when in fact these little blunt, small, minor, superficial injuries add up an accumulative stress to the brain that can has a physical uh, manifestation to it right the argument like the example of that is the kids heading soccer balls right doing that a hundred times over a day and over for, and right. over you're not going to be able to tie your shoe you're going to get pugilistic dementia except for fucking... the except for the fact that every kid in america plays youth soccer and most well most kids cannot tie their shoes anymore but that has no, they, they never knew how to in the first place do you know that kids, is that shoe technology kids no longer know how to tie their shoes that's a thing what do you mean because they're living la vida velcro I want you to walk away from the podcast to never return. So you, you say, say. So you say that you're you got a wait, guy. Wait. You got a guy you give money you to. You can't. Yeah. You don't. You don't get to <laughs> to mull to to like 
bulldoze over the fact that you just said live in La Vida Velcro. <laughs> uh-huh. It's all they know. You, just, you threw that out there like it was just it's all they common do. sense. It's a fucking stick and rip world, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know what you're like in the bedroom. Jesus. Clip it. How dare you? So look, how do you reconcile the fact that you pay a professional with graduate degrees and diplomas on his walls good money every month to tell you things like 80% of mental illness is caused by repeated trauma to the head when we all know that the we're, we're talking about uh, like youth football and youth soccer and that defies the fact that we all know women are crazy. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> you were going someplace. Good. I know it was a long way to go, but I think it was worth you it. You were you like you knew you were going there the whole time. Oh yeah, no, that was that's been in the holster for about ninety seconds. You know, you know what stinks is that the technology that we usually use to do this show is uh, is not cooperating today, so we're doing this on Zoom, and uh, Zoom is killing your. I love your your laugh is very delightful, and I can see it, but I feel like I may have to put in sound effects. Of. <laughs> <laughs> my laughter sound effects all you have to do is just get an old like buick from the 80s and that'll sound like my I, I was thinking maybe i could get the candle after they used on like mr belvedere oh wow mr belvedere Drink some what a fucking throwback what a, you know what mm -hmm. you could have a show with a friend where you guys talk about all the cool shit you grew up with and call it a bro back oh no but then people will call it bro back mountain and then it'll get weird why, would, why wouldn't we just call it Broback Mountain? That, that's a great show title. Yeah. All right. Now I need all I need is a friend. I just, <laughs> actually just realized I don't have any friends. <laughs> like, seriously. Isn't it crazy? We're kids. All we have are friends. Yeah. And then we go into this standardized, standardized education system and we come out in debt, some of us already. Mm -hmm. Yep. No friends. A career that we don't really like, mm -hmm. and and then we have to find ways to make new friends with adults who are just awkward children who haven't quite figured out how to break through their own issues. So everyone just decides to stay home and watch Netflix, anyways. So I have one friend. Or I had one friend, and uh, and killed I him. and I had a, a reason to. We have a we have a shared interest, and I had a reason to text him about our, our our shared well i can tell you more specifically it's it's like hair metal it's like butt rock from the 80s and there was a new butt rock song that i thought was pretty good and so i, I knew he'd he'd get a kick out of it so i sent it to him and typically i would do that and then he would send back his little joke and then i go ah it's been a while when are we gonna get some brewskis broski and that's because that's that's our that's our love language and and instead, I was like, wait a second. I feel like I'm always the one that goes, hey, when are we going to hang out? Now, mind you, this is like an adult friend. I see him maximum twice a year, usually more like once a year. So every time there's any communication, it involves, hey, when are we going to get together again? Because it had, it's always right. been a while. And I'm like, does he ever say that to me or do I say that to him? And so does we he? had our little exchange. And I go, I don't – what if – what if I'm the guy that's like, when are we hanging out? And he's like, oh, God, I got to see that guy again. So I didn't say anything this time, and neither did he.
She's dying right now. You're going to have to take my word for it. It was the way you said, that really took me out. You know, I don't have any friends. You're my only friend and you, you're my only friend. We haven't hung out once. That's not a good sign. That's rude. That's rude. (laughs) Phil Collins died. I know. Weekend. Wait, is he alive? What the fuck? I just (laughs) yesed you. I know you did. Yeah. You know, he's died. No, his body, his body died, but his brain doesn't know it yet. That's too soon. And that's rude. (laughs) I'm going to call him and be like, we had a problem, but I'm on your side. Tully believes that you can't see. I love that your go-to Phil Collins song. The man had like 700 number one hits. Is it the bad one? I love that song, but nobody but you and me remembers it. How many times can I say I'm sorry? How many times? Well, you know you can run. run. Yeah. I could go on. Clearly, so could you. I I love Phil Collins. And the fact that we probably aren't going to see him before he dies is no. really sad to me. It's really sad. I kept on. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say the Netflix is a joke festival is in L.A. and I'm a part of it. Come see me May 4th. May the 4th be with you at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles. One show, one night. Bunch of friends. Fun show. Um, I saw that Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda are doing a speak a public you know just like some sort of like q a and so i have been hounding my agents like please get me into this because here are two women who have been in the entertainment industry for decades literally probably like five decades at least both of them especially jane fonda because she's in her 80s and i think lily tomlin's close to her 80s too i just i want to see them and i'm contemplating figuring out a way to break in and rob and not robbing but kidnapping one of them probably lily tomlin because i think she'd be cool with it i'd be like come hang out i've got joints and she'd be like this isn't a kidnapping this is embarking on a friendship yeah if you're gonna with all due respect to jane fonda if you're gonna kidnap one of them lily tomlin no brainer that's the question do we kidnap jane fonda or lily tomlin now you say that it's obvious but jane fonda has all the class and beauty that i want to know how i can get she's 80 and she's let's be honest she's she could catch it more than I could at this point. Did you, I've probably asked you this before. Did you see the, did you watch Norm Macdonald's Netflix talk show? And did you see the episode with Jane Fonda? I truly believe it is the greatest interview I've ever seen. The, the greatest celebrity interview I've ever seen. Yes. The Norm Macdonald, I think is one of America's treasures. RIP. I think his irreverence and risk taking is unparalleled by any, any other standup comedian. I truly believe that his subject matter and the way he commits. There's no one, there's been no one like him. There'll be no one like him. That interview with Jane Fonda. I still, to this day, I'm not sure if it was acted or not. Like it felt real. It seems as if like, I think we can spoil it. It's been available for years. He just hits on her relentlessly. And eventually at the end, she coughs it up and Norm Macdonald had sex with Jane Fonda on Netflix. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he did not. But they did make out. Why you gotta spoil it for everybody? Because I, I just said I just said it was. I've told people to watch this thing like ten times. That's like saying there's aliens at the end of of signs. See, well, oh shit. Do you, do, you, do you feel better now? <laughs> Everyone's seen signs by now. Everyone but me. Oh, you aren't gonna watch. You won't watch anything that 
sets your heart on fire. It's all stuff that what? verifies what you feel about in life. <laughs> That's what they say about me. Just will, like not, watch... will not watch things that set my heart on fire. That's always been the knock on me. No, you won't. You'll watch like Hitler's Bunkers. And it's like a documentary. It's like a 10-part documentary on like it, how Hitler did what he did. Even though everybody knows and it's like common common knowledge. Now you still want to watch just to get a couple extra details. Confirm or deny. Confirm or deny. Where have we have we see if you if you actually made good on your threat to be friends with me and we'd ever actually Okay, I'll take spent... it back. I'll take it back. You would watch. I bet you watched in one sitting that fan. Or wait, what was that? What's that Star Wars series they made recently? Not Dat Fan. That was that was a comedian. Dat Fan? What's that, what's that Star Wars series? Bumbleclot. <laughs> Okay, are you having trouble recalling the name of one of the most iconic characters in Star Wars? I history? seriously don't know his name. It's Bumbleclot, right? Have is you? that a rap? Is that no? That's that's a, that's a reggae tone. That's a that's a yeah. That's something that keep going. Rastafarians yell out in songs, right? So I'm close though. There's a there's how, a bumble. Name name all the Star Wars characters that you are familiar with. Okay, Dat Fan, <laughs> Sherry O'Terry, <laughs> Mr. Swigglesworth. There's Come the Tin on. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> and Paul Walker. Boom. I love that. <laughs> it took me a second to see what you were doing there, but well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Tin Man and Sasquatch. Oh, uh, right. Wait, wait. And also, an espresso. <laughs> She's laughing. For those of you at home. You know who the espresso is? Is it R2? Because he's small, yes. <laughs> She's very happy with herself right now. <laughs> Are the blunts that you smoke at the beginning of a show getting bigger, or is it my imagination? No, your imagination is is not imagining it. They are. Is I got these really great. Um, these are canagars. Uh, they're rolled. Ah. This is a bamboo mouthpiece, and th this is just pure rose petals so it's super uh oh oh that's very like, nice i see what, so so the, the the thing that you suck on the 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 penguin meh, meh, that thing is made out of is sure it's made out of bamboo which by the way could be the salvation of humankind if we would only let it be we should have we should have really in the beginning gone with hemp and bamboo but we didn't yeah because bamboo is a we... weed the only problem with bamboo is getting it to stop growing bamboo is can be sort of invasive i'm led to it's believe a very invasive species but it grows it grows it's beautiful and it grows quickly Fast. and easily and you can make and it's a and it's a good it's a it's a good wood it's a sturdy wood you don't want to get caned with it bamboo is. i'll tell you that no they used to fish with it they, would, very, hunt, they would make spears out of it right it's very renewable oh and, and i see the yeah the 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 paper is not paper it's it's rose petals as you said yeah the paper it's, it's attractive petals. it's it's functional i get it and it's really good on your lungs you know <sighs> i think more than anything like other paper. more than anything from well not more than anything but among the things that i miss from drugs is um is is all of the the, the lifestyle you know the stuff what? do you want me to tell you my lifestyle let's see i wake up at 6 I meditate. I maybe peruse my phone for a little bit. Then I do word searches and crosswords and Italian lessons. 
and I make coffee and probably a little snack. And then I go work out and then I'll come and do a couple of podcasts. And I rinse and repeat that day as much as I can. I don't know why I made it sound like I had something real special going on, but yeah. What lifestyle are you alluding to? <laughs> I really want to slap your face. <laughs> this is the nice thing about remote shows. Like, <laughs> just like uh, I'm going to go and buy this kind of rolling paper and this is the lighter that I have. Oh, yeah. And all the, all the, the, the accoutrements. Like, I don't miss Coke. I miss the thing I kept my Coke in. You know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting. That's, yeah. um, right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's a lot. The weed does have a lot of accoutrements. I definitely yeah, we, enjoy we that. People, you know, we people love that shit. We do. We definitely love the accessories. My neighbor knows how much I enjoy it. She made me a handmade um, ashtray, which is just so awesome. And then I was at my mom's house picking up some stuff. I, every time I go home, I find something else I want to keep of hers. Yeah. And I always saw this like little depression where glass bird on her desk and I never knew what it was. I never, it never made sense to me until it's like, it's like a tiny home. little, a tiny little bowl that also sort of looks like a ladle that, but it's clearly in a decorative shape of, of a bird, like a dove. It's a decorative of shape of a bird yeah. and it has two, where the wings are. There's two insets and right. And the, bir the bird shoulders. Ashtray. Oh, right. Yeah. I can see how you wouldn't have put that together right because it just looks decorative it looks like a bowl you keep your jewelry in but look at these little you see those little two right there of course and then the tail has a little space as well oh fangul there goes the blunt but fangul those italian lessons are working you got that one fucking dialed they don't teach you that in the fucking app that just came from the, my that came from my source your italian soul Io sono una donna. Tu sei uomo. i don't need to take that from you <laughs> He said I'm a woman, you're a man. Yeah, exactly. I'm whatever I want to be. <laughs> did you did it ever cross your mind at any point? Do you, do you at any point do you see yourself writing your uh gender pronouns on your social media? Never. All right. No. I are you? No. Nah, I think it's fairly evident that I'm a man. <laughs> is that all is that the only reason you asked me so you could say <laughs> no, that? No, 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 no. 150%. I know it isn't. I didn't know. I just didn't know what else to say to your I have nothing in, against. Inane Italian ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can you imagine people's Nona and Nonos talking about gender identification and pronouns? It, obviously, we have to evolve as a people. Yeah. And I think it's very important that we acknowledge rights and people's rights and all the basic rights everyone deserves. What I don't think is fair and this is, I, I love all walks of life. I, you know, I am very fortunate that my parents raised me in a certain way where, you know, we didn't really, we never, we didn't grow up in a household that was discriminatory. We weren't discriminative. Is that, are those words right? Discriminatory? Yeah. Discriminatory. I'm picturing a ball rolling down like a the proverbial, like Charlie Brown snowball rolling down a hill and getting bigger and bigger as Less it goes. Discriminatory. And that right. is the butt that is coming that gigantic yes. growing snowball is yep there's butt. a butt yeah there's a large butt mm -hmm. and this is just an opinion this is not you know um i like big butts i don't i don't think my word is gospel it's only yeah. gospel for me to expect me to understand and remember and memorize and remember everyone's pronouns and if i don't i'm a homophobic person is just completely asinine yeah 
to expect a, a whole group of people to understand that and do it right every time it's 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 not conducive to the human experience right now and that's not to say we shouldn't appreciate people and we shouldn't respect and also protect people because i do believe the lgbtqi community i think there's an i at the end of it and a plus now i'm not mistaken i could be wrong what's that i think there's a plus sign as well and there's a plus sign um don't quote me on that i just did and i'm sending it to an eight to, to any sort of charitable Uh-oh. foundation i've alerted and the which write up a letter letting them know just how much hate speech is coming out of your mouth towards their community yeah uh the yeah that's the but to expect me to remember it all and if i don't i'm this homophobic person is just not conducive to the the human experience right and i think that most right thinking people agree with you and i think that these sorts of the experiences of people being offended by shit like that and the overall phenomenon of us believing that that's where the battle lines are drawn it's either either you get it right or I'm at war with you and I think you're hateful. Right. Is is a is is a feature of life as it exists on the internet, very much less exactly. so. Very much less so a feature of life as it is practiced among human beings. Grandmas, you use the grandma example, right? If I tried to tell my I'm picturing my grandma who looked a lot like Roy Orbison. That's what I want you to picture. My grandma Edith Kowalski, me trying to explain to Edith Kowalski um, with her bouffant and her big... And by the way, I need to point this out every time I say that she did look like Roy Orbison. Grandma didn't look like a man. Grandma didn't look like a man. Roy Orbison looked like a grandma. That needs to be said. That's 100%. That that needs to be on a billboard. Right. And everyone really (laughs) needs to recognize it as a fact and not opinion. Roy Orbison looked like everyone's gambling grandma that goes to the Cherokee Casino every Sunday at 2 p.m. Holy fucking shit. That's exactly right. That is specifically, yes. That's what what Roy Orbison looks like. Grandma liked the ponies. That's right. That's right. Yeah, grandma went to the OTB. So if I grandma had said spent your mm-hmm. birthday card money at the OTB. She literally you you are speaking about my my grandmother. Yes, and what she won from the OTB, she lost at Barkino at her local watering hole. Yeah, but not before dad's... she bought like a like, I know I know I know all these things. Not before she you bought get me a Mick Mold Artra. A, bo- a, a box of like fruity pebbles with her winnings to bring over the yep. next time she saw me. Right. <clears throat> Uh, or toys that people would come and sell at bars. Like literally people would show up with bags. You know when you're like at some place and somebody comes door table to table at a restaurant trying to sell you things and you're like, oh my God, will somebody clear out this riffraff? Edith would take the money that she'd won betting on the ponies and buy me like a plastic robot toy from some My dad guy. would do that shit too. Right, my exactly. Dad would, he was like, ah, we're spreading it around. <laughs> so here's the thing. If I had, if, if she, she died in like 86, 87, if, if she'd been around and I'd said, Hey, look, there's people who they're just born one way, but they feel another way. And some, sometimes guys feel like girls on the inside and vice versa. Sometimes people are like, they're not even really sure they're kind of somewhere in the middle. They're a little bit of both. They're kind of neither. They would prefer if you just called them they, instead of he or him, Edith Kowalski, like she, it would be like uh, the science fiction movie you see where there's the evil robot. And the only way that they can defeat it is by telling it a bunch of math problems that don't make any sense until it thinks so hard in a fucking uh death loop that finally it explodes from not computing that's how edith would react to that but 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 if i'm i'm her uh, grandson if i had been born 
And I had been that way. And I had been like, Grandma, she's like, why are you wearing a dress? What do you whatever? I'd be like, Grandma, I, I know you don't get it, but this is this is who I am. She'd be like, yeah, yeah I guess you, you were always different when you were a kid. And if I'd been like, Grandma, stop calling me he. We've been doing this for 20 years. I'm not a he. I'm a she. I know I was born Michael, but now I'm Michaela. She'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. The point... The point being, everybody has trouble. Uh, many, many people who have trouble with these things in the abstract don't have any trouble at all when it actually comes home and it has right. a human face, which explains the phenomenon of the, I hate to make this political, but all of the anti-gay Republican politicians who come around when all of a sudden their kid is gay. Yeah, they come around and they flip the script. Yeah, You know, it's definitely a tough subject because uh, of the personal experience of it all. You know, like perfect example are when those republicans turn and flip their script when when the subject matter is in their home it, this whole like don't say gay thing it's a bill they're calling that don't say gay colloquially now because it's been a thing it's been around bills like this have been around for years i feel like maybe even like a couple decades where we're trying to like find the limit and the the borderline around homosexuality being existing and a conversation in our schools and it's to me it's like it's almost like that thing it's it's it, not that it has like a a, a bader meinhoff thing where you know you start saying gay and then there's just gay things everywhere <laughs> like i'm not saying that like that's sort of what what the whole point of it of it is i just think that the more emphasis we put on it like this where we're trying to have a bill where we're preventing children from talking about homosexuality you're almost you're stirring the gay pot you're you think, only gonna you, you're you, only you, you, i really you think, think you think it's like gonna a, be reinforced it's a rubber and i hope it, they are it's a rubber glue thing when you when you don't let yes. kids say gay you actually make them gay that's what you're saying not that you make them gay no you bring up the conversation more when you tell somebody not to do something, especially a child. Right. It only makes them want to do it more. And also it's like, Oh, that's right. Sister, now they're going to have rebellious gay boyfriends. They're going to have rebellious gay conversations. And it's, it, you know, it's as simple as with every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Nice. And this is going to do, this is a provocative theory you have. Well, I just think that it, on a basis of conversation alone, it will create more of a whirlwind, especially um, differing opinions. People are now, it's just the same thing with Trump. Trump came into office and now everyone's having these conversations between red and blue and Republicans and Democrats. And it brings up, it almost like it, it kicks up the dust in a sense. And so maybe I, I see silver linings in everything. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's my downfall to have this sort of, aggressive optimism but it's my survival mechanism i do think the silver lining will be this will create more conversation now because this bill being changed the name being changed now will open up another conversation Maybe. but let me finish the point please my sister made a really good point she said because she's a mother you know and we were talking about this because it happened while we were in florida together and she said well what are kids supposed to do she's like okay so they can't say gay until third grade that's like what the bill is saying now can't mention gay in schools until after the third grade. Oh, is that all it is like, yeah oh god all of this over that well there's more to it there's yeah. definitely more i'm so i'm so there. i'm so naive literally when i heard about it i thought that 
<laughs> that the governor of Florida, against what I thought I knew about him, was leading a crusade about against using the word gay as a synonym for lame. That's honest to God for like a Stop. week for a week what I thought it was. Stop. I just didn't bother. I don't click on this shit anymore. I don't care about everybody who's You're like smart not to. And I probably have lost sleep the past couple of weeks because I've been reading more news, but Yeah. Um she made such a good point. She's like, Okay, so they're not supposed to talk about being gay or anything gay until third grade. Then she goes, What happens in fourth grade? It's it, it's like Gay on. Gay, gay. Make gay, up for gay. lost Everyone's gay time. Screaming gay. Yeah. Then then the gay flood gates are opened and what are kids supposed to do who have two mommies or kids who have two daddies yeah well that's they're not gonna that's the issue there right like they're the ones who are gonna suffer we're gonna create a new form of mental illness in children who are unable to talk about their family and be feel demonized and develop some sort of you know what what was, was it what 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 i'm just trying to think about because i to me i don't know why you would be talking about anything remotely approaching sexuality in grammar school <clears throat> like my, my kids my kids in fourth grade and if they were yeah. talking about well sometimes a man loves a woman i'd be like whoa 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 whoa! i didn't sign off on this and i'm talking about it in, in the most basic in the most basic terms i didn't know the don't say gay thing was like yeah i i kind of agree that you shouldn't be talking about sometimes a man loves a, a man kind of thing because i don't think you should be saying sometimes a man loves a woman it just there's just no place in that fucking c-a-t spells cat two plus two equals four is pretty much what i want from my grammar school teacher but then you right. raise an interesting point well what about when there are gay what parents two moms? and then i'm trying to i'm running that scenario in my head of how do we explain that and well, the, the word that yeah. came to mind for me is sometimes there's a husband and wife if it in the case of um like say a lesbian marriage, you might say that this is her mom and this is her mom's associate. What do they have a fucking shipping and receiving business together? I'm trying to think of what the politically correct term would be. Well, not politically correct. In the absence of being able to say her her parents are gay, how do you explain that to a six year a six year old? And I and and associate is the word that comes to mind. I just realized that Mother's Day is coming up, and my mom is dead. But if your mom is alive, you really need to value that shit. You got to really value that. If your mother is still with us, that is so amazing. And you have such an opportunity to learn so much about her. And I, I was fortunate because I have a podcast. Not everybody has a podcast. But I use the podcast as a way to get to know my parents in a more in-depth, candid way. And not everybody can do that that easily. But it is so important to know your parents' story. Your parents' story is worth so much. Everybody's story is worth something. That's where we learn and grow. That's where we expand our own ideologies. That's where we challenge our own thoughts. And StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them like jam for years to come. My mom used to collect jars of you know, just like these random jars and, and cookie jars and all these things you'd think she'd put preserves in. Never once did, did she stick a cookie or a jam in those jars. I always wondered, like, what, where's the jam and the cookies, Mom? What are we doing with all these jars? Now I have the jars, and I'm not making jam or cookies. I don't have a kid to make jams or cookies for. So if you still have your mother with us, 
take the time to use StoryWorth. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what's some of the best advice your mother gave you? Or if you were to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Now, I asked my mom similar questions like that, but there's always questions that come up that I wish I would have known. And even if you have a tumultuous relationship with your loved one, this is such a great way to dig into that. Maybe not. (laughs) You might want a therapist present, but if you have a really good relationship, this is such a great way to go deeper with them. It truly is. I, I really value the time I had with my mom to go dig, dig deep with her and to learn more about her. And I wish I had known about StoryWorth, but luckily I had a podcast. But if you don't have a podcast, I think StoryWorth would be so valuable. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all of those questions and stories, including photos into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. Now, I think that's really cool because in this modern day and age, we have everything on our phone and everything is this tangible intangibility. And I think having a little old school approach to memories and stories that you can actually hold and share with your loved ones, you really will enjoy this. I wish I had this for both of my parents. I wish I had a compilation of all my podcast episodes, all my conversations and the photos into one place. Um, So you guys can give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. Story worth. And right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash sharp. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash sharp, S-H-A-R-P, to save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com forward slash sharp. Get it. Do it. Trust me. This is one thing you will never regret. It's going to be money well spent. Ask all the questions. You know, that's the one thing I say to my friends if I find out their parents are still with us and that the relationship is somewhat amenable and that their parent is somebody who you can actually converse with to ask them all the questions. I really do say that to people, even people I don't know. Ask your parents all the questions because the answers to their questions will be the answers to the questions you have about yourself. And one day, like me, they won't be with us. So this is a great Mother's Day gift. And, you know, I might even do it with my sister and ask her why she's such a rotten whore. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, sorry. Story worth. (laughs) Here's the thing. There's there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. One, obviously, my opinion is coming from the land of dogs and not children. And I'm sure that a lot of my opinions, once I have a child, will change drastically. I've seen it with friends. I know it's something that happened. Have you spoken to your dogs about homosexuals? I don't say gay in the house. <laughs> I'm too young. But I also think that as a society, and it's not It's exactly tough because it's like, are they three? Are they 21? When's the right time to talk to your dog about gays? Every dog year is seven human years. <laughs> what are we really doing here? Should I be telling him about the birds and bees when he's one? He's only one, but he's really seven. Um, <laughs> um, I also think as a society, we obviously have some real issues with our sexuality. Sure. And I think a lot of that comes from our puritanical standpoint 
on our approach of how we introduce our children into the conversation. I think we, and again, this is somebody who does not have children, but as a, as a observant outsider, an outlier of the breeders society, I see one common issue and I think it's overprotection. Yeah, sure. Parents right. overprotect their children. <laughs> I agree. And that must be a very difficult aspect to grapple with. But if you look at our societies comparative to like us and just say Europe, there's not nearly as many issues in the sexuality department in Europe as there are with us. Ah, have you seen German porn? I think we can put that in its own category because the Germans don't really have a great history to begin with. So I would imagine it's a little fucked up. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Japan. Like there's there's a lot of treacherous history there. So I, now I know what I'm going to watch this weekend. Thank you for that. But I guess the point is if we're having conversations at home with our children who are from the day they're born, this is mommy and this is mommy and mommy loves mommy or daddy loves daddy. And this is such a beautiful, natural thing to have it be abruptly stopped in school for a formative chunk of years to me seems detrimental to the progress of a child's understanding of sexuality. And I think that's the whole point by not saying it, you're going to create complexes. So what are you watching this weekend? Japanese or German porn? I'm watching Vanderhaus. Um, I'm watching Vanderhaus rules in my asshole. Hey, last time you and I powwowed, at the very end of the show, we talked about how sometimes uh, it's it, when, when it comes to procreation and the relative abilities and intelligence, oh, to be specific, full circle over here of, uh, of of offspring. It's not always as simple as mom plus dad equals. You know, if the I know IQ is a pretty debased currency, but for example, it's not like a 110 IQ and a 95 IQ are going to give you a 102.5 IQ. There's variability uh, there. Um, sometimes the kid is more talented than either of their parents. And sometimes, as I made the point last time, two talented parents have a child that is a potato. And you at that time said, I could talk about this for a whole entire hour and I am dying to know what it is, what all of it is that you have to say about that. I think children are always better than we are. And in the cases, very few cases, when we say better, that's obviously a term with quotations. Some people are better than side. other people. I think almost every single child is better than its previous, better than its creators. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. That's why, I mean, look at us today in comparison to even just a hundred years ago, we've evolved into better beings. We have. And I think it's in true. What, in what, in what way? We're living longer. I didn't have anything We're, to do with that. Well, yeah, you did. Of course you did. People in your age group, people were, who were born where you were born or you're, the year you were born mm -hmm. are creating things to advance medicine and advanced technology everything's advancing society advances inevitably until it falls yeah it advances 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 and then it just fucking crumbles okay and i think every child that's born is better than its parents and i think there are a few cases where they aren't necessarily better i think injury causes obvious 
you know, um, learning abilities and impairments and disabilities. I think abuse, we already know abuse causes a lot of issues and accidents. Like there's, there's a few, I think there are a few things that are extenuating circumstances that create a child that is lesser than its parent. Other than that, I think children inevitably and naturally are born better because the species wants to survive. So we're getting smarter on a molecular level. I will say that I think, and this is a theory I had when we were talking last time, that we know that. I think humans know that deep down inside of them, that they know when they look at their kid that they're better than them. They just know it. And I think a lot of people, some people have a hard time with that. I've, I've witnessed it. I have seen parents hold their children back and speak to them in a way that is limiting language, speak to them in a way that is coming from trauma that they themselves have unhealed and actively rear their children in a way that is uh, to keep them at bay, to keep them sort of at bay from growing and at bay from progressing as individuals because to them I think a theory is that it represents their failure if their child's better than them and goes out into the world and achieves certain things to certain people that's a threat even though it's their own child and I'm not saying this is a large group of people I'm saying this exists in the procreative world I've seen it with my own two eyes and that's one thing where it's an active parenting like an abuse tactic that parents do. And I also think that parents are just people and they fuck up. Like my parents were the greatest to me. They loved me so much, but they came from fuck ups. My dad's dad had two families at once that my father was the only sibling who knew about it and had to keep it as a secret. Oh, dang. And, and my mother's father was an abusive alcoholic who would be gone for stints at a time and come home and beat the fuck out of her mom and abuse her, her family. And so both of those people wanted and knew that my sister and I were better than them. And they did everything they could to make us feel safe and loved. And even though they had their individual issues and unhealed parts of them that definitely affected both my sister and I, we still made out pretty good because our parents generally wanted us to do well and be well because of what they came from. But there are people who are like my mom and dad who don't know how to do anything other than what's been done to them. And they repeat the cycle and they repeat the abuse because to them, that was the language of communication within the household, hitting, yelling, abuse, whatever, whatever it was that became their communication that became their, what they identified love, how they identified love. And so they inherently don't know how to raise their children any other way. So I do think there's a lot of elements that affect the outcome of a child in, in different ways. But I do think that children are born better than their parents and what the, what the outcome is, how they're, they're inhibited or how they're supported is directly correlated to what happened either in utero or an accident or their parents' past lives or you know, their parents' upbringing, all of that sort of will determine how the kid will step out into the world. So what you say about, you know, many people 
unwittingly recreate the circumstances that they were born into even people who swear that they're not who always swore that they wouldn't right and that's to me that's kind of that um like a fish is never uh aware of water unless it makes it to the surface kind of thing that when you're Mm -hmm. so surrounded by something you it can become invisible to you yep huh now it has to because it's like especially at a young age if you experience trauma at a young age you and it's a consistent traumatic pattern that's happening around you as a survival mechanism your brain will normalize the trauma as a way for you to cope with it right so you start to learn how to cope with the chaos and then the chaos becomes comfort because you you learned how to process it as such because it was the only thing you could do to survive it and then unless you get older and you become aware of that, you're going to repeat that process. Right. And I think it's one of the most admirable things that um, an ordinary person, can, that any person can do. None of us had perfect upbringings. Right. If you manage to, if you have, if you have kids or if you just literally have like impressionable people in your life, if you're a teacher or whatever, if you can manage to lessen some of the shit that you inherited while simultaneously not introducing new shit in addition to it, then that is, that's how humankind actually can, uh, that's like the cheat code for humankind. If if everybody could do that, it's the phenomenon that you talk about. I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody really, I can't recall, uh, address it, even though it's a fairly obvious fact of life. Right. I, I've even thought about with my kids that like you're nobody wants to raise a kid that's like a loser. Yeah, it's not anybody's no. that's not anybody's goal. And you do have some ego tied up in the whole like, oh, well, so and so's on the honor roll or, you know, so and so's in juvie. We do feel like it. You know, they always say if you want to really insult somebody, insult their kid. Because right. that's like you fucking got them right in the spirit animal. You know? Yeah, I mean but, it's the whole bumper sticker of it all. Um, there's an honor student on board. Yeah, fuck off, fuck Tiffany. Off. Yeah, you didn't sure. take the test, you asshole. For your sure, kid did it. But then on the other hand, you want your kids to be better than you, but not too much better than you. And it takes a certain amount of emotional intelligence, um, and like you need to be secure in yourself if your kid just blows you out of the water to actually be unreservedly happy for them absolutely it takes a level of humility it takes a level of having processed your ego and your you know where your ego is inflated and a lot of people have an issue because they're living from and this is something that i've spoke with with a, a therapist and a life strategist that i've worked with for years who has changed my life and helped me understand how I get in my own way. People function from their image or their essence and your essence is who you really are as a person, but your image is what you portray to the world. And too often we function from our image and not our essence. And when it comes to parenting, the image, the parental image that they have that they're putting out in the world almost supersedes anything going on at home. You know, they're worried about the accolades. They're worried about the trophies and the bumper stickers and you know and that's not you shouldn't have pride as a parent obviously you should have pride but that shouldn't be the driving force 
that can be the thing that sort of fogs you because the other thing can happen. The opposite that can happen where we haven't really gotten into parents who are overbearingly prideful about their children's achievements so much so that they put so much pressure on them to achieve that they don't allow them to grow or expand at their own pace. You know, the parents try to make up for their failures in their children's achievements and they are willing to sacrifice their children's sanity and energy levels and overall mental well-being for those achievements you see that a lot in sports you see that a lot with oh i see i'm i'm a little league coach (laughs) yeah so what the fuck are you saying to those kids yeah it's 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 tough you know (laughs) sorry bless you but to the original point of what you're saying here that every single child is or ought to be better than their parents but and it's sort of on the parents if the kids don't achieve that. Like, what about, you know, Chet Hayes, Tom Hanks? Not, and... that it's on, not that it's not on the parents. There are a handful of circumstances. Are you that... calling Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson bad parents? Yeah. They made Chet Hayes. What, what is that? What in the fucking fake alien rapper is that? What is that? Have you met, have you met the Chet? No, I haven't. But I'm a big fan of his music. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. I haven't. I just only have seen a few videos of him from, like, whatever. But he started surfacing in the news a couple years ago. Surfacing. That yeah, like a How fucking like a fucking sea monster. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pull him up, Chet? Oh, he resurfaced. I see what you mean. Like Elliot, like like Loch Ness, Loch yeah, Ness yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like it dies at sea and washes up on the shore. Chet Hayes was born in nineteen. 19- uh 1990 okay so okay perfect example and first let me let me get back to the 1990 chet hayes in a second there was a theory about the loch ness monster being um the erect penis of a whale yeah right yeah because whales will often when they surround a female will get erect and she's like oh i'll take that one so they that's a theory about the loch ness monster that it was just a, a patty of whale dick anyways Chet Hayes. I have to say, this is a guy I'd swipe right on in my Raya app for sure. And that's a problem I'm working on. <laughs> you really? <laughs> but the point of the Chet Hayes 90s conversation is, let's take a look at the movies and the work that Tom Hanks had in the 90s. And also, I would like to say, Rita Wilson was very fucking busy. She was. She was. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're right. Cause I think it's because she, she was wasn't busy in the nineties. Cause she wasn't as successful as dude as he was. You, you, it wasn't as if she was at home. I, I was at a, like a, got it to go to some cool insider Hollywood thing. And then I got to go backstage a couple of years ago and she was back there and Rita Wilson. If you didn't know that she was somebody in the public eye with some money as a result of being in the public eye you would know to meet her she looks very young she was wearing like white leather pants and rita wilson is enjoying the life of being hollywood royalty in in her own way and i don't mean that in a bad way she didn't seem like a bad person to me but rita wilson doesn't look like she took 15 years off of going out to cool hollywood events just because there was a pta meeting right no and in to the point of busyness, let's let's take a look at Tom Hanks' filmography. Now, leading in, are you saying to 19- you saying Chet Hayes is like Chet Hayes because of Joe versus the volcano? Uh, that and many more. Mm-hmm. You wait till you hear the movies. So he 
Turner and Hooch was 1989. So Tom Hanks is going into Rita Wilson being pregnant mm-hmm. after putting out a movie like Turner and Hooch, which was a huge hit. Then came Joe versus a volcano. Um, the Bonfire, which wasn't a big hit. The Radio Flyer was a huge movie. Radio Tales Flyer? from the Crypt, not so big. But then we start to get into like. Wait, I've never even movies. heard of Radio Flyer. Radio Flyer was a kind of a. It was a classic for me. Um, oh wait, like a like the sled. Yeah, I the, fucking the, I, the, the, the not the sled. The what do you call it? The the scoochie. The the, the, fucking the, the the wagon. Wagon. I think, bro. I think I auditioned for that. You sure did. You sure did. Radio Flyer was awesome. Then ready, yeah. a league of their own. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Fallen Angels. Eh. Philadelphia. Forrest Gump. Apollo thirteen. Toy Story. That thing you do. Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, and Castaway. All Castaway was in 2000, but that's Chet's childhood. His dad was on a movie mm-hmm. every year. Yes. He was we America's have Tom he, Hanks to blame. Tom Hanks was America's father at the expense and of not being Chet's. Chet, <laughs> Chet Hayes' father. Look, all joking aside, you know that if he was listening to this, he would like give us a good-natured chuckle, and then he, but he'd be crying on the inside because it's actually correct. You're, you're absolutely right. You're reminding me when you mention that thing you do in the mix. So Tom Hanks not only directed that, he wrote that. And I recall, That's right. I recall at the time he said, because he had not, I don't think he had aspired to be a screenwriter, at least not in any serious way, but because of the success of Forrest Gump and Philadelphia back-to-back, he, you think of a movie as coming out once. In reality, a movie comes out over and over and over around the world. At least it did in those days. Well, oh, now it's right, coming out. Releases. It's coming out in the UK. And then, if you have something like that, where it's, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, awards best picture best actor are a reflection of a movie's success but they can also uh perpetuate a movie's success like yes they can it was really big in the box office and now it's best picture winner well that's going to help with vhs and rentals and shit like that point being when you have a movie that is successful you sell it in america and then you sell it overseas and then you continue selling it through award yeah, season and then markets. you sell the home video release and because Philadelphia and Forrest Gump were such big phenomenons in two consecutive years, now that you mention it, I remember Tom Hanks saying he was living in hotels for a year promoting one of them, and he'd already done it the preceding year with the other one, and he got so bored, he started writing that thing you do, and he just said, I'll see how far I can take this, because I'm going crazy living in hotel rooms. I go. He could have been writing letters to his son, so we didn't have a half-assed rapper on our hands. It's true. It's true. The other one, but the other one's normal, and it's it's obviously not as simple as well. You're home for one, so they're normal, and you're away for oh, yeah, the well, other. But is, is oh, the other I one, think it is. is the other I one, think it's very fucking simple. I think it's but it's not as if a severe science to the simplicity of your child's outcome, dependent on your availability to their childhood. Maybe, maybe, and I know what you're saying is, and and I, I I live my life by a coffee mug that I bought from a PBS catalog years and years ago that I broke and have not been able to replace. And now that I think of it, I'd love to try to find another one. It had some quotes from the Tao Te Ching, and the quote was. Oh. Yeah, and uh, it had maybe like five or six statements from from the Dow, and it, one of them was, "In family life, be be constantly present, be 
or just be present. And I just thought that was so interesting. Not, not oh. loving, not compassionate, not be no, a good be teacher. Present. Be present. Be present. That's right. so true. That's such a, that's the one thing when I am with my sister and I'm constantly drilling to her because she's on her phone a lot. And I have <sighs> yeah. trained myself to be, you know, when I go outside with the kids, I don't bring my phone. When, when, when I'm with the kids, I'm not on my phone because I also don't want them to think my attention split between them and this fucking thing, but being and and, just be, and because they'll the and, be, and because they'll because they'll emulate that. I know they'll when, emulate it. And when I'm sitting in traffic, are. when I'm sitting there in traffic with the kids, there's just I'm fucking listening to the the same. I fucking hate the Encanto songs, but I can at least see what's going on with the NBA on my phone while I'm listening to. We don't talk about Bruno for the millionth time. We don't talk about we don't need to, Bruno. We don't. We don't talk about Bruno. You're, we don't talk about Bruno. No. No. It was my wedding day. I know, I know. I got. I was on edibles and brought my niece and nephew to go see that with my sister. My, I was like, let's go bring the kids to see a movie. She's like, no. I was like, we'll do edibles. She's like, we'll pack in the car. Yeah. That, that well, we've would... been talking. It's already been an hour. It feels like it's only been five minutes. I know. I know. Imagine well, if this, we... Oh, I'm just cracking my back. Um, we wanted to... Tully and I were texting earlier, and we were going to you know, just figuring out our schedule. And then we were like, why don't we make this available to all our podcasts as a reminder that we have the Patreon. So you guys know that we're putting out exclusive content there every week. I also had a thought in my mind that we did say we were going to watch ghost. So we probably should figure out when we can do that. Do you recall what happened there? We were going to watch ghost and do and a watch along us to watch woo. And then we, I think we got started a little bit later that day. My puppy definitely had something to do with it. Uh, and, and we were getting That's a bit of a, right. we, couldn't we were, go. we were going, we did the, we did a show and then we were going to do the watch along. And that's when we found out that ghost is like two hours and 20 minutes long. And that's right. The ghost joke, is two twenty, and the joke, is such a shock. Yeah. The joke wasn't funny anymore. And that's for some weird reason that let us down. You, you could, you make a lot of a lot, you, you make a lot of small logical moves and end up in an illogical place. <laughs> Everything made sense. And somehow we ended up watching the Jada Pinkett Smith movie, Woo. <laughs> the fuck? I still don't know why we watched Woo. Yeah. But if you guys want to watch that, that's available. Is that on our Patreon? Of course it is, yeah. That's available on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Deuce Podcast. Yes. And so. if you guys want to send in suggestions for the deuce please join the deuce it's patreon.com forward slash the deuce podcast if you guys want to send in movie suggestions you can email us yeah at well you can message us on the patreon Just... oh you can you don't have to be a patreon to message no you, yeah why would you suggest a movie to us if you're not going to join us because for... maybe it'll help maybe if somebody's like it i'll join if you watch this movie i i, th I think we're worth i think I, th I think we're worth a little bit more than that like your attitude so fuck you guys and figure it out i don't i'm not very good at making friends as i think i've made yeah no we know <laughs> yeah. we got it right i'm also here with house plants and dogs so this is why you and i get along i've accepted my doom <laughs> at least you have three people who are forced to be with you in your house oh don't 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 they rue their fate every single Ooh. day um this is going up tomorrow for me I'm going to put this up right away. So um, let's see. I'll promote, I'll promote my shit. I'm going to be at the Netflix 
is a fest. Netflix is a joke festival. I have my own show May 4th. May the 4th be with you at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles. I'll be there with Katie Cazorla, Matt Reif, Jason Ellis, and Justin Martindale, and my girl, Kalia McNeil. You can get tickets for that at jessiemay.com. All right. I may post this. I know you're going to. Did you just try to out me? the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.